Friends, please open your Bible to the book of Titus, the letter of Paul to Titus. You can find that in your pew Bible on page 998. Did you have a nice Christmas so far? Great, great, great. It hasn't stopped. It's still going on, but we've opened all of our gifts, so it's almost there's a sense of it just ending, but it's still going to continue through today. This was sort of a wild Christmas in some regards as I uh, saw Germantown come alive, I think because of the outlet malls. I've never seen traffic like that before with Wegmans or Kohl's and Target. Walmart was packed. I think there are a lot of last-minute shoppers. There's just this a hum of activity uh, in our area. Does anyone know, happen to know the hottest toy on the market this Christmas? The one that sold out, people couldn't find. Years ago it was uh, Cabbage Patch. What was it this year? Does anyone know? Hatchimals. Did you get yours? Was there one under the tree, Bryce? You, shh, oh, okay. Does anyone know what a Hatchimal is? I guess it's, a, it's an egg. And it hatches, and then you have this, is it a little bird? What is it? Yeah, I mean, and, and parents were going to great lengths to try to get their hands on this item. Uh, gifts from my mom arrived uh, from California, and she was so rushed to get to the uh, post office that she had to put more postage on the package than the value of the gift. <laughs> priceless gift, priceless gifts. But So, uh, and just wonderful celebration. My brother sent us... Uh, Harry and David fruit. Have you ever seen Harry and David fruit from Washington? Isn't it incredible? You can have this hand-picked fruit from Washington. It comes. It's not quite ripe. It, the fruit needs to ripen, and then you can enjoy it. So I, I, it made me wonder how Christmas had been celebrated in the past. I, I wonder for the early church, the earliest church, do they celebrate the birthday of Jesus? We, we don't have any record of that. It's, it's hundreds of years later into church history that we, we begin to see a celebration form. And the marking of Advent, the season that we've just concluded with the preparing of the coming uh, of Christ. But that's, that's far into uh, the life of the church. We don't see it in the pages of Scripture. The fact is there's, there's no Christmas celebration recorded in the New Testament. There's the Incarnation, God becoming flesh, fully God and, and fully human. That's celebrated. There are the angels. There's Mary and Joseph. There are the shepherds. There's the, the magi. But there's, there's no reference to a birthday cake. And I wonder why. And not to say that we should do, do anything to the way we celebrate Christmas today, but it just caused me to wonder, and so I've, I've studied God's word for this, and I think the reason there's no mention of a Christmas season uh, or of Jesus' birthday celebration in Scripture is because the apostles did not see Jesus' uh, life in the same way that we do. You see, we see the life of Jesus in, in seasons, in, in segments, we see his birth, and, and we celebrate that, we, we study it, we read all the passages of Scripture we can get our hands on about his birth. And then, and then we look at his, his early years, and then we look at his ministry years, and then we look at the, 
the, the church that was, was birthed, the, the book of Acts, which really could be called uh, the Acts of the Holy Spirit and how at Pentecost uh, the Spirit came and, and these scaredy-cat disciples were transformed and, and the church was, was uh, energized. And then we can see, again, these, these segments. We can see the segment of the, the empty tomb and the resurrection and the meal by a lakeside. But the way the Gospels were written and put together, they weren't segmented in this way. No chapters and verses uh, to make it easier for us to study today. The first Christians saw Jesus' life and, and ministry and resurrection and, and ascension back to the throne as one complete whole. All of the events woven together, which were called altogether the appearing of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Let me, let me show you one example here in, in Titus. Uh, hopefully you're there. We're going to read, I'm going to read just verses 11 to 14 to give us a sense of what, what, I, what I mean here. Uh, 11 to 14. And Paul writes, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly, worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This could be a Christmas passage. Let's look again at the beginning, verse 11. This is the Christmas story in a nutshell. It's the most succinct verse in Scripture that tells the Christmas story, the meaning of it. The grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people. The grace of God. God's riches at Christ's expense. It's a great way of remembering grace with those, those words. God's riches at Christ's expense. A gift that cannot be earned. A gift which turns our hearts to God and says, we give you all the credit that's due. Not, not, a, not a sticky, sweet, hallmarky, wrap it up in a French ribbon bow and with a nice sentiment handing off kind of a gift, but a rich, real, changing, enduring gift from heaven. The grace of God in the form of a person. Grace incarnate, the living God in flesh, the light of life. That's the gift right here. The most succinct verse I could find in Scripture about the meaning of Christmas. The, the Bible says God wants, wanted to display the greatness of his glory and his love and his mercy by saving sinners from judgment by pure grace. So the Father sent his Son to die on the cross and pay for our sins. For all the things that we've done and left undone by not giving God all the glory that we might live anew by his spirit and to be his people, redeemed as God intended. 
Now, do you notice the word that's repeated in this passage? That, that word appearing. In, in the Greek, it's where we get the word epiphany. Does anyone know when epiphany is? It's coming up January 6th. That's right, I see Michelle's nodding. Which literally means shining forth. The, the grace of God was like light in the darkness shining forth. The glory of God shining forth and, and freaking out those shepherds. They got a glimpse of it. The, the uh, apostles got a glimpse of it on that mountain when Jesus was transformed, transfigured before them. This is this appearing, this, this shining forth. Now notice there are two appearances mentioned. The first encompasses all of Christmas, all the way to Easter. So that covers Jesus' entire life and ministry from, from Bethlehem to the Mount of Olives to the lakeside breakfast with his friends. 33 some odd years. And then there's a second appearing. Do you notice, look there. The second appearing Paul writes about is the one that's on the way. Any day now. Quote, waiting for our blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so in Scripture, there are two epiphanies. There is the, the first Noel, the celebration that we've, we're having right now, but then there's another one that's coming very soon, and the, and the two are connected, and they're for every season and every day and every, certainly, Lord's Day. The one we celebrate and the one we await. The reason I think there is not a distinct Christmas season in the Bible is because Titus 2.11 is still happening. God's grace is still appearing. God's grace is still bringing salvation for all kinds of people everywhere all the time. So, so in a way, for Christians, every season is a season about Jesus. We say Jesus is the reason for the season, but it's all seasons of life because his grace is still coming. And the celebration of his birth and life and death and resurrection is still a story to be told and to be shouted out and to go and tell it on the mountain, not just one day of the year or one season out of many seasons. And we're reminded of this because Jesus continues his work of grace. Look at verse 12. It says, God is, quote, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. This, that means God is helping us to live as we were designed to live. I don't know about you. But I need that every day. I, I, I need God's grace to live this new life every day because there's so many temptations to slip back into those old habits that die hard. Even as, as we are, if we are born again, we are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new is coming. Yet, every day, I see examples of the weakness of my flesh, the, the, the pull to, to go back to Egypt, the, the pull to, to live for myself, to indulge, to hold on to my pride, to self-justify, to accuse others, 
but to always forgive myself. And so we need this kind of grace to live this new life every day until his coming again. Joseph and Mary needed God's grace every day. God gave them an assignment that was impossible to fulfill. But the good news is whatever God assigns you to, he promises also to give you all that you need to fulfill that assignment. So he gives you an assignment and you say, God, this is impossible. And he says, exactly. But, but I don't have anything within me to fulfill what you've, what you've called me to. I mean, I have these experiences and skills and I went to school for this or, or this training. But I, I cannot do this exactly. It's impossible. But it's possible with me and with my grace. And so look at what Paul writes here. He, he writes about a kind of life that you or I could not live without grace. Because if we try, we will become self-righteous, full-of-ourselves kind of people. If we don't daily seek God's grace. Look what he says. He says, Jesus will help us live self-controlled. What does that mean? Well, in, in, in a nutshell, it would mean daily grace to help take care of ourselves. To help take care of ourselves. Because if you're not self-controlled, you're out of control. And you're harming yourself. You're harming the relationships around you. You're harming your relationship with the Lord. And so we say, daily grace, I need God to be self-controlled. And then he says, uh, we, need, we need daily grace to live upright lives. What does that mean? I think of upright life. I think of the golden rule. I think about the way I relate with other people. I want to be upright and have integrity uh, with others. And so, Lord, I, I need your grace today in the way I relate with people. Not here in church. Of course, we're, uh, we're all friendly. Everyone's going to hug and say farewell. But what will it be like after today? Will people be so ready to give you that parking spot you're searching for at the grocery store? Will people be that forgiving and, and accepting of the differences that you have with them? And so, Lord, I need your grace today and every day to live a, an upright life, a life of integrity. And then he says, we need grace every day for godly lives. What does that mean? It means a life that, that is honoring before God. That we need to abide in Christ so that every aspect of our life it is acceptable to him. We're coming to him, Lord. I'm coming to you again for grace upon grace. Because, because I want to be right with you. I want to be near to you, Lord Jesus. So Christmas, in a nutshell, is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has come to save. And by his spirit and word, is now disciplining. He's offering discipline to us in the most grace-filled ways until his appearing again. He's preparing us for his appearing again. People experience the fullness of meaning of what it means to be in Christ when we experience him 365 days a year, not just one night or one day of the year. But we open ourselves up to God's help 
his encouragement, his love, his riches every day of life. And that's why Christmas is not just for one time of year. Christmas is celebrated in this sense all the time for Christians. And every Lord's Day is an opportunity to celebrate what happened at Easter. Finally, look at verse 13 and 14. We are waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior. What are you waiting for? For 2017? What are you longing for in the coming year? You think about the people I even prayed for, our brothers and sisters in places like Iraq, in places where they can't live, let alone worship freely. What are they waiting for? And what are you waiting for? We're waiting for his appearing. We say, Lord Jesus, come. Come again. Come soon to make all things right. Verse 14. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. So there again, all three elements are put together. There's the first appearing. The, there's the appearing, the, the Christmas appearing. There's the appearing, the coming forth, the epiphany that, that's, that's to come. And now in this time in between, he's protecting us. He's watching over us. And he's yet using us that we might be his possession. We might be treasured by him. And that we in return are what? Zealous for what? For good works. For good works. To know the grace of God and the hope in his glorious return is enough to sweep us off our feet and drive us to our knees. There is good works that God has in store for you and for this church for 2017. And it doesn't need to be shipped from coast to coast. And it doesn't need to be uh, enjoyed once it's ripened. It's ripe and ready right now. Spiritual fruit for what God has in store for us. Go make disciples of all nations. Live righteously. Live for me. I am with you. Show my love to one another and to all. Let's pray. So Lord, as we celebrate your first appearing, and last night was such a wonderful celebration. And today is such a beautiful uh, enjoyment of one another's company. And, and Lord, the, the reminder that as we give good gifts to one another, that you are the most precious of all gifts. And yet, Lord, we pray that you would know, uh, that we would know your grace daily in a new and fresh and powerful way. Almighty God, we pray for the concerns that are they're heavy on our hearts this day. We ask you, Lord, for your blessing on, on those that are struggling in our community, even here at Nielsville, but in Germantown in this region uh, with unemployment and underemployment and housing issues. It's so expensive to live here, Lord. And we pray for those that are struggling. We pray, Lord, for those that are unable to worship 
uh, with us, unable to even uh, to leave their, their homes because of illness and sickness and hardship, Lord, physically, mentally, uh, so many things that keep them inside. We pray, Lord, uh, for these dear ones. We pray, Lord, as we sing about the bleak midwinter, we're thankful for this season now, but we know winter is fast approaching. It really is going to hit soon, Lord, and, and will drive us inside and, and far from one another. And for some, it might even cause depression and, and, and hardship, God. So we pray for these dear ones. We pray for our nation and for our leaders of our nation, Lord, and for the coming new uh, administration and, and all of the questions of what 2017 and beyond will look like, Lord. We pray that you grant... Uh, wisdom and knowledge uh, to those that, that lead our, our nation and our state and our local community. Closer to home, Lord, we give you thanks for uh, our brother Winston who's celebrating his birthday tomorrow and we celebrate with him, Lord. We give you thanks for, uh, for our brother Winston. And prayers for healing uh, for Sue's father, Vince, who's in the hospital in Florida. We pray for him. We pray, Lord, for your son, that you would strengthen him in this hour. And Lord, we pray as you taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be the name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom power and the glory forever. Amen.